Welcome to The Conscious Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Alex Raymond. This is the only podcast that is 100% dedicated to the well-being of entrepreneurs. Now, I know that being an entrepreneur is a long journey and it can be really tough. So on this show, we won't be sharing generic hero stories or talking about mythical unicorns. Instead, we'll get straight to the heart of what matters most, giving you tools and resources to grow, thrive, and succeed as an entrepreneur. Every week, I'll be speaking with incredible founders, CEOs, coaches, and authors to help you be more resilient and inspired as you build the business of your dreams. Hey, everyone. This is Alex Raymond, and thanks for joining me on the Conscious Entrepreneur Podcast. My guest today is Dave Mayer. Dave is the CEO and founder of Technical Integrity, which is a company that does team building and executive search for high growth organizations, focusing specifically on cultural fit. In this conversation today, we go all the way back to 2010, where Dave wound up in the hospital with burnout and exhaustion that were stress-related from how he was working as an entrepreneur. And we're going to learn how he overcame those problems and those friction points in his life. We're going to learn about his subsequent journey into a service-led give-first company. And we're going to learn what he does now to maintain his success and to maintain focus on his well-being as an entrepreneur. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the Conscious Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Alex Raymond. And today joining us is Dave Mayer, the founder and CEO of Technical Integrity. Welcome, Dave. Great to see you. Thanks for the invite and uh, happy to be here. The first thing I'd like to start out with is I know you've gone through a whole evolution yourself as an entrepreneur and that you've done multiple businesses. And I know that you have some particular war stories that you've been through over time. And I'm curious how the Dave of 2023 reflects back on the Dave of 2010 who found himself in the hospital because of burnout and exhaustion. And if you could tell us a little bit about what that was all about and what it took to get you from then until now. Nothing like starting with a softball. Uh, yeah, let's go hardball. I, I like it. So 2010 Dave was, uh, still drinking a lot. Um, partly for fun, partly for, uh, stress management. Um, 2010, Dave um, saw a need in the startup ecosystem for a true partner uh, around scaling engineering and executive teams. Um, and that's why I started Technical Integrity. I also had um, the idea that I really wanted to, to build a, a tech startup uh, software startup and and one that would of course make a dent in the universe, um, literally and figuratively. And um, what we were going after at the time, I suppose, doesn't matter. But it, there was a considerable charity angle. Um, went into business with uh, some old friends of of many years uh, while starting Technical Integrity. Um, so I was running two businesses, uh, two brand new businesses. Uh, I don't recommend it in retrospect. Um, kind of like having two puppies. Not a good idea. Two puppies at the same time. 
Yeah. Or six. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, needless to say, uh, something had to give and, um, a, a couple things gave, um, and as you alluded to, uh, and, and the reason I think, you know, we've become good friends and started working on a conscious entrepreneur summit together was because of this particular experience, uh, this eye-opening experience where, um, I, I indeed ended up in the hospital from exhaustion and stress and, um, just didn't take care of myself. Um, and, um, after about a year of trying both of building both businesses, um, uh, everything sort of came crashing down in that hospital room and, um, decided never again, promised myself never again. And, um, that I would take care of myself, uh, and start to speak out about, uh, mental health and in entrepreneurship and in startups. Uh, and, um, yeah, I think, you know, certainly, uh, our friend, you know, Brad Feld had, had a fair amount to do with this as well. Just giving permission to speak openly and publicly about, you know, when he was speaking openly and publicly about his, uh, battles with depression and, you know, how art entrepreneurship can be, uh, same thing with Bart Lorang, um, you know, back in the day, really just speaking vulnerably and openly and authentically. And, um, I had never seen that before. I had never seen people talk about their struggles, uh, openly that, you know, it was always, um, you have to be strong. You have to, you know, stiff upper lip. Right. And, you know, my father was, uh, captain of the honor guard at Arlington national cemetery. Um, so super stoic, right. Not, not allowed to show emotion. And so, um, you know, when I saw those two speaking openly, um, around the same time, um, it was that that's when everything shifted for me, um, and around a sort of a healthier way of going about entrepreneurship. And so, um, Ultimately, your question was, um, you know, what would 2023 Dave say to 2010 Dave or? Would, yeah, just because, we, you know, so many of us have been there and we've seen people suffering. We've seen people struggling. Thankfully, you, we don't see all that many people wind up in the hospital like you did. But you had a really obviously significant episode where you said, I need to take care of myself. And with the wisdom of the years, the 13 years has been since. I'm just curious how you reflect back and what you would say to that younger version of yourself, who, by the way, is now mirrored in the millions of entrepreneurs who are out there hustling and grinding day in and day out right now. Yeah. You know, I, I shared this experience um, with Brad maybe a year ago, and I, I shot him a text and I said, what would I what would you say to me if I told you or just said the phrase hustle culture is bullshit? Uh, he said, you're absolutely right. Um, and for some reason that, that, that answer surprised me. I don't know why. Um, but, but it was also sort of helpful for me to hear even all those years later. Um, and so what would I say to, to Dave? I think I would say, um, breathe, right. You know, breath work, 
in particular can be um can and will be uh you know a way of life uh, it's something i do every morning just to get grounded but but literally and figuratively breathe like give everything space nothing needs to be solved right now the immediacy of all of these problems in your head actually can afford space and can afford breath um and the more time you give them the better um the you know slow repro- slow replies to emails are actually a good thing um you don't need to solve all these problems um on your own right you know you're as you you're a member of a team you're a member of a community um and just slow down i think that's probably the big thing right it's just slow the fuck down when you say slow down and breathe and it's okay to be a little bit slower in responding to emails or solving problems it makes me reflect about how you know for so many entrepreneurs we're focused on the external Right. Like there's some there's some external thing that I'm going toward or I make the mistake of assuming that the external factors are going to be the success or downfall of my company. And what we've all realized over these years, and this is something that we talk about a lot at the Conscious Entrepreneur Summit, but I'd love to get into this more with you, is how important the inner game is versus purely the outer game. You know, you can't just sit there and say, well, my, my business is going to work or not work based on trillions of different outcomes, uh, different things that I cannot control versus actually what can I control? So when you're talking about breath work, or slowing down, you're talking about calibrating the inner success streams of a business, right? hundred um, percent. And it, and it's hard when, you know, the majority of my, entrepreneurial life has been in a service business, right? Which does uh, depend on um, external factors like client happiness, like, you know, um, all of these things that pay the bills. And, but at the same time, you're right. Um, I think um, being able to regulate uh, my own nervous system, understanding um, how important that is truly to to my success, uh, that I can only show up to the best of my ability. That's literally all I can do. I cannot and should not worry about other people's perceptions of the way uh, that I have shown up if it's genuinely, authentically my best. And um. That's it, right? You know, it seems simple, but it's so, so hard in practice. It sounds like a fridge magnet, you know, <laughs> and when you say it like that, it sounds like a fridge magnet is that simple. And at the same time, there's wisdom in fridge magnets as I've started to, as I've started to learn. And you're making me think about this concept that is, you know, the idea that at the end of the day, all we ever do is work on ourselves. We work on ourselves through the vehicle of our businesses or through our companies and through our teams and our relationships in the world. But really, all we ever are doing is working on ourselves. And so some people like Gay Hendricks or Sri Kumar Rao will say that you know, the entrepreneur path is a spiritual path, meaning it's all about self-growth and self-development. Oh. And I can only get or rather my business will only ever get as big as I am. 
it will the limitations, the forcing functions for this are the CEO and the CEO's mindset and the entrepreneur's mindset and where they are and where they're going. And so the more we carry around friction and trauma and old beliefs and things that are not helpful to us and stressors, let alone burnout, imposter syndrome, and so on, these are all getting in the way of the external things that we think we want. So we all think we want external validation and success and admiration and wealth and so on and so forth. But unless we're there ourselves first, it's very hard to grow into that space. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it, I'll reflect back to you something you said on stage at at, uh, at the summit, which was, um, you know, this is really all this journey is really all about radical self inquiry, right? And um, to the extent that you can show up for yourself and put yourself first. the results will show in your, in your day-to-day practice and your day-to-day work and your, um, in the happiness of your clients for better or for worse. Right. You know, and, and, and maybe not, right. You know, maybe, maybe they're not happy and that's okay too. Um, you know, it's, uh, I think a little, another fridge magnet is, you know, the older you get, you know, the more you just, you slow down, you sort of appreciate and savor more, right? And and you just want to sit on the back deck and, and be quiet and watch the world go by uh, to some to some extent, right? And I think, uh, you know, obviously in, from a business context, that's, look, I, I am more than happy to spend time with you, Mr. and Mrs. Client. Um, here are some solutions. Let's work together to implement them. Um, here, you know, here's the best practices around them. Um, I'm going to give you my best effort. Um, but at the end of the day, I can't control whether you're happy with them or not. And, and, um, you know, obviously the majority of the time you would hope that your best is precisely what the client needs. Uh, but if it's not, you know, that's okay. And chances are in, our respective years of experience, you know, you're going to have some discontented clients. Um, um, and, and that's just part of doing business. Right. And, and it's, you're not, it does hit the fan, right. You're not going to make everybody happy. And it's the, it's not your job, my job, your job, um, to be responsible for the way other people feel. And that's only something, um, you know, going on 50 here in a few months um, that I've come to actually believe. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, when you say uh, when you talk about best effort there, it it makes me think of something else. I'd like to uh, shift topic a little bit to something that I know is important to you. And it's related to the concept of, of best effort. And I know that a big part of your ethos and the way that you approach your business is through service and particular, particularly the idea of give first. And I'm curious how you have incorporated those concepts and those themes into your life as an entrepreneur. And, you know, the question that everyone's going to be asking is, is it worth it? 
if I give everything away up front, is does it do I get anything back? And and shouldn't I be is give first really the right thing for me to be doing if I'm just starting it out or if I'm an entrepreneur? And so I'd love to hear the history of how you got into that and the impact that it's had for you. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote a blog uh, a handful of years ago called um, "Giving First Changed My Life," um, and and it, and it really has um, the the sort of genesis of that. You know, I've been in recruiting and hiring and uh, executive search for twenty three years at this point. Um, you know, the first ten of those years were uh, sort of transactional approach, butts in seats, uh, you know, cable companies and storage companies and, um, you know, these very large enterprise organizations that just wanted contractors. Um, you know, it could be lucrative. It can be fine. Um, you know, I learned a lot, uh, but there was no soul in it. Um, and that's where sort of the, the 2008 recession uh, came around and, and wiped out our entire book of business. Um, you know, we had whatever, 30 contractors out at, at one place that was uh, all of our business at the time. Uh, and it all went away in a flash. Um, and so I had an opportunity to really reflect on what might be next. Um, you know, around that time, I saw um, Brad Feld and David Cohen speaking about the Give First ethos um, at a, a Boulder, Denver, New Tech meetup. Uh, this is when uh, Techstars was getting started? Yeah. So I want to say it was around, actually around, you know, 06, 07. So I had a little bit of time to marinate on it before uh, the 08 recession came around. Um, but it was, um, you know, one of those standing room only uh, Wolf Law building at the CU campus, 400 people. Um, and I was just sort of sitting in the back of the room enamored with the energy around uh, the startup scene um, and just how much passion and enthusiasm there was. And, um, but I was also looking for a way to differentiate because I knew there was something missing. I knew that this soul had been missing um, from uh, my my day-to-day business, right? The meaning wasn't there. Um, and when they started talking about the give first ethos um, of, you know, giving without expecting a get, putting yourself out there, uh, building community, bringing people together, um, you know, really just what it sounds like, right. You know, giving of yourself, of your time, of your resources um, without expectation of anything in return. Yes. Something may return to you at some point in, the future and it likely will you just don't know when or how that's when the light went on for me it was like there's the meaning because you know maybe it's the way i was raised maybe i don't know what it is to your point you, you know i it, my love language is indeed uh, acts of service um you know both in my marriage and uh to my community and so that's when i saw this uh, really this opportunity to truly become part of this community that was so passionate and was so uh, enthusiastic and beautiful and, and seemingly happy, although I'm sure there's plenty of stress behind the scenes. Um, I knew that I could build a business with the Give First ethos 
baked into the DNA of the organization. And that's, that's precisely what I did with technical integrity. And so with technical integrity, it sounds like there was two things. It sounds like there was a desire to differentiate the services you provided in the marketplace by kind of having this ethos. But I also exactly. just heard you say it was plugging a hole internally for you as well. And so by being in, in integrity yourself, then you were able to better go out there and find clients and fulfill their needs and, and so on. Did I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my father told me as I was growing up that, you know, I really own one thing and that's my integrity. And so that's where the name came from. But a hundred percent, you know, hiring uh, as a service, recruiting, executive search, boutique placement firm, all these words uh, have some connotation in the engineering realm. Uh, and by and large, it's a negative one. Um, and so you're correct that I was looking for a way to differentiate and engender trust. Um, and that I knew was all about putting myself out there, um, putting on uh, startup weekends, putting on startup weeks, uh, just building community, bringing together engineers, um, really with no expectation of anything in return, just like, hey, we are here to be a true partner. Um, and, you know, if you want to talk about recruiting, great. If not, no issue, right? We're here to be of service, period. One of the best ways to truly unlock our potential is to spend more time in our zone of genius. And this is a concept that has been so critical for me and many, many other entrepreneurs out there. So I'm delighted to let you know that Gay Hendricks, the creator of Zone of Genius, is coming to Boulder on November 8th for an in-person workshop. I really would encourage you to attend if you want to get out of your own way and live in your full potential. Take a look at the website, consciousentrepreneur.us. It's got all the information on the event, and I hope to see you there. So you've been doing technical integrity for, for 13 years. 13 years in November, or excuse oh. me, September. Yep. 13 years in September. And I'm curious because we, so technical integrity started post the hospital burnout, stress, anxiety thing that we talked about at the very beginning. You know, what, what do you do? to build resilience for yourself? What do you do to stay active on this for 13 years and running? How does your day look? How do you, how do you manage your energy or your focus? Uh, how do you keep yourself from, you know, lapsing back into some of those things that got you in trouble in the first place? Yeah. Um, I think truth be told, I struggled for many years, you know, entrepreneurship, um, has, has been a tough, a particularly tough journey. Um, it's given me a great deal of flexibility. You know, my wife and I worked and lived in, uh, DC for a while and then moved to Europe and worked and lived in Europe for a while, uh, albeit during, uh, <laughs> 2020, which was interesting. Um, I think, you know, snowboarding and getting outside in nature um, has always grounded me, given me perspective since I was in, in school in, in Southwest Virginia at Virginia Tech, where I really discovered and fell in love with the outdoors. Um, and it's always given me a, a great deal of perspective. Um, and that's 
how and why I ended up in Colorado. Um, falling in love, obviously, with with the outdoors here. Um, you know, you you know, but maybe some of the listeners know don't don't know much of my story. Um, only in recent years um, have I had the uh, sort of wherewithal to to do the deep work to really look inward and understand that my relationship with alcohol was not a healthy one. Um, and, um, you know, while it was fun in college and fun in my younger years and my single years, uh, social lubricant and all these things, um, it, uh, it became a crutch. It became, um, a pretty substantial, uh, part of my dealing with the entrepreneurial stress of running a business that was really, uh, reputationally driven. And I'm glad mm-hmm. to say there, there was no rock bottom. There was no DUI. Never, never got a DUI. Um, but there was certainly an unhealthy relationship with alcohol um, in being a crutch, uh, in sort of helping me manage the day to day stresses of being an entrepreneur. Wow. And so, um, you know, a year and a half ago, going on a year and a half ago now. Um, I, I, uh, was looking for some answers and, um, uh, went on a ayahuasca retreat in Costa Rica and, um, got some very clear awarenesses that, um, I needed to leave alcohol behind if I was going to be my highest self. Um, and if I was going to function at a, at a much higher level, both uh, sort of as a friend, as an entrepreneur, as a husband all of these things. And so, you know, the honest answer is um, for the first several years of my entrepreneurial career, uh, I got into the out of doors when I could. Um, You know, I I found some activities that I could pour my focus into. uh, And then I would be, you know, I'd be drinking pretty hard on the weekends um, just to sort of let loose and forget Mm -hmm. about all the stress and all the things. Um, But I knew ultimately that wasn't a long-term fix, right? That was, it's not a fix. It just really makes things worse. It compounds things. Um, but only until about a year and a half ago, um, did I truly understand that, that I wouldn't be able to be the best Dave, uh, that I could be without it in my life. Wow. And I just want to acknowledge how brave it is for you to say that and how much courage I want to acknowledge how much courage you had to come to that realization and let it land for you. For a lot of people, you know, they don't ask those kind of questions. They don't go through that door. Even if, even if the thought comes up, they don't go through that door of, is this something I should be leaving behind? Is this something that is not good for me anymore? Is this helping me be with who I am trying to become? And so for you to have that recognition, have that realization, and then have the courage to take action on it is really, really laudable. Thanks. I mean, obviously I'm doing it for myself. Um, it was a pretty clear awareness. Um, and I'm grateful for, for my experience with ayahuasca to, to have given me the clarity around that. Um, you know, it's not for everybody. Um, 
but thank you. You know, I, and I, and I do feel like it to some extent, it's important to share this, my experience with others, because I know there's a lot of my friends from college still struggle with alcohol. Um, and there's a lot of entrepreneurs who, you know, I just had lunch with one today who's, you know, in social situations is he, you know, can't, can't get away from it. Right. Needs to have a couple glasses of wine. Um, and that's fine. Right. Um, Mike, in my case, it was a lot more than a couple glasses of wine. Um, so I appreciate your thoughts. And obviously I've, I've hesitated about sharing this publicly uh, a handful of times. I actually wrote a blog that I have not published yet, but I've decided in recent days that I am going to publish about, about this journey. Um, but, but thank you. Maybe the time, maybe the time is now to, to, to get the word out about that. And, 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 you know, as with opening up at the very beginning about how burnout landed you in a rough place in the hospital, I think that opening up about the fact that alcohol is not going to cure all your problems is something you're going to find gets a lot of reception because a lot of people have the uh, incorrect belief that this is somehow helping them with their life or with their jobs. And really all it's doing is depressing their ability to function. Yeah. It reduces your patience, reduces your focus, reduces your productivity to all, all of these things. Right. You know, um, you know, and to your point earlier about sort of, you know, entrepreneurs needing external validation and all of these kinds of things, especially in a service business, you know, I hesitated for, for weeks and weeks about sharing this, not necessarily here, but in this blog. And, um, and it ultimately decided not to share it because I thought that there was a potential risk of people not wanting to do business with me because of my admission uh, that I had a challenge with it. Um, but I've come to a place, interestingly enough, after another ayahuasca journey, that I only want to work with people who want to understand and work with authentic, vulnerable, true, real Dave, mm -hmm. right? Not, not some sort of false perception of actually who I am and what my journey has been. Well, so that this is a, a kind of a, an attracting thing, right? So, so the thought is you will attract the right types of customers. You will 100%. attract the right type of people into your, into your life by, based on those statements and what you're revealing about yourself and what you're sharing. By the way, you're also being an example of sharing and vulnerability in a professional context. Now, I know that uh, you have done some reflection recently on the types of companies that you like to work with, the types of clients, and and you've looked back, and, and I saw this in a post of yours, you, know, you look back at the cultural attributes or like, you know, what made a good client for you and 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 presumably this not only means a good client for technical integrity this means a good company for people to work at period and i'm curious to get uh, more insights on that is you know especially now with so much change roiling the job market and we don't know if we're in a recession going into recession through the recession we don't know what the state of any of these changes are but we do know what makes a great company what makes a great leader what makes a great ceo and you've sort of distilled down some of those attributes that you've seen 
work best and 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 frankly resonate uh, best with you. So can you share some of those with me? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I think one of, one of the first ones, um, unironically, that came from uh, Conscious Entrepreneur Summit is uh, co-elevation. This idea of co-elevation that Keith Ferrazzi talked about, uh, sort of together, we hold each other accountable towards a common goal. Uh, we you know, are in integrity with one another, with ourselves, of course, first. Um, and together we rise. And um, I, again, another fucking refrigerator mag magnet, but but it works, right? Together you know, we the, rise. Is that the refrigerator magnet? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I think this idea of co-elevation is a super powerful one uh, that I loved quite a bit. And and you're absolutely right. Like I, I'm reflecting on sort of equally what is a great place to work. Uh, why I love working with these these past clients that I talk about, uh, Ganip and SendGrid and uh, Campminder, uh, a handful of, a handful of others that I've listed here, Urban Sitter. Um, so Tilt Software is another one. Uh, our friend. Uh, Royce Haynes is a CTO, good friend. Um, you know, they talk about um, embracing curiosity. And um, in particular, they say asking questions in a safe space means growth for you and growth for us. Uh, and they continue, you do you with us together. So fostering autonomy, fostering, fostering a sense of curiosity and a safe space, um, the pretty magical uh, combination uh, to that result in empowered and happy teams. A um, couple others that I talk about, uh, certainly prioritization of well-being as a central value. Um, there's um, a handful of our favorite clients that we talk about that um, are really just put straight up health and family first right as as one of their core values uh, i think that that spells it out right i think um leading by example is is super important that uh employees see that the entrepreneurs in charge actually take time off um that they're not sending late night slack notifications and expecting uh a response right away um you know, and that they are taking and spending time with their kids. Um, and rest and, is such an, such a critical ingredient to this, isn't it? Right. And we uh, have this backward concept that rest is something yeah. that I've earned once I've, yeah. you know, done X, yeah. Y, or Z, or, you know, I'd, once I, once I've worked myself to near exhaustion, then I deserve rest and then I can go on vacation versus right. the other way to think about it, which is, in order for me to do my best possible work, I need to be showing up in a rested state and I need to be, and that yep. drives focus and that drives the best possible outcomes. Yep. And, and the quote that, that I saw yesterday that really resonated was instead of asking, have I worked hard enough to deserve rest? Ask, have I rested enough to do my most loving, meaningful work? And I thought that was super powerful. Right. I mean, I think, that's also something I would say to 2010 Dave, right? Is that rest is everything. 
rest is a, a core component of uh becoming and really accessing your creativity accessing your productivity accessing your profitability all of these things uh are, are fully dependent on getting eight hours of rest um simple as that it doesn't come last it's got to come first right right and it's okay to put yourself first right you know yes it feels like sometimes it feels like you should put others first clients first spouse first whatever it is um but in reality um you're no good to anybody if you're not well rested and you're not taking care of yourself absolutely absolutely now as we uh, as we wrap up here dave i've got a couple questions i'd love to get your your insights on and the the first one is uh so this podcast is all about conscious entrepreneurs and uh, how to help get through the many, many internal challenges that an entrepreneur will face over the course of his or her journey. Question that I have for you is, you know, when you reflect on this, what's your definition of a conscious entrepreneur? So I think it's one that allows themselves to pause as I just did and sit in silence and be okay with the silence. Um, that's new for me. Um, but I'm getting used to the silence and I like it and I like it when I see it in others. Um, because it means a more, um, thoughtful, genuine response that doesn't need to be filled with ums or ahs or considerations only other than a real answer. I think a conscious entrepreneur is really, as we've alluded, somebody who shows up as them, their best selves to the best of their ability on an ongoing basis. I think prioritizing oneself, taking care of your health, taking care of both your mental and physical health. Um, truly empathetic and emotionally intelligent giving space for mistakes giving grace for mistakes understanding that that the shit is going to hit the fan um and you know it's it's a little trite but treating others as you would like to be treated as your best self, maybe is the, um, you know, not, not in your most stressed state, right? But how do you want to show up as, as a C-level for your team? Um, and that's only magnified by the extent to which you're proud of how you're showing up when you're looking at yourself in the mirror. I feel another fridge magnet quote coming there. <laughs> Well, uh, well, I'll set up a Shopify store. Indeed. Uh, thank you. couple of other quick questions. Um, what is your personal practice? We alluded to this briefly and you mentioned getting outside and snowboarding, but you know, as you develop your resilience and, and, and put your best self forward, how are you doing that on a daily basis? Like, and, and, and let's get practical here. Yep. So, uh, Wim Hof, 
uh, breath work is uh, something I do every single morning. Uh, it's absolutely how I get grounded um, from a from a pure nervous system standpoint. Um, so you do that. How many know. rounds do you do? You do it before breakfast, after breakfast, in an ice bath or not? Yeah. So as soon as I wake up, it's three rounds of Wim Hof uh, and then get up and get the dog out for an hour long walk and getting grounded in nature. You know, I'm fortunate enough to live in the mountains in Colorado. So walking by streams and in nature and, you know, uh, ideally without my phone, uh, no devices allowed and really just sort of um, being present and then uh, coming back and, and getting organized for my day and a, and a good few glasses of water and a, and a nice cup of coffee. It's a great way to start. And and I know you have in the past done ice baths and stuff like that. Is that part of your normal routine or is that just a special occasion sort of thing? <laughs> uh, truth be told, I need to get back into uh, cold showers. Uh, I did attend a, a, a weekend long uh, Wim Hof retreat with both a ton of breath work and, um, and uh, cold plunges. Uh, I know how good they are for me. Uh, I, I will be resuming uh, the cold showers uh, in addition to the uh, to the breath work for sure. Full disclosure: I have not cracked the code in the slightest on these cold plunges. Uh, it ain't my thing, or at least that's the story I'm telling myself right now is that it ain't my thing. Okay, great. Well, hey, in in just kind of wrapping things up here, uh, it's been a tremendous journey that you've been on since 2010, and 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 even and even before that, and. I want to acknowledge you for doing the work. I want to acknowledge you for being very open and vulnerable vulnerable about the fact that it's not always easy. And so what I heard you talking about is the journey of building a business and creating the life that you want and becoming the person that you want to be. And it's not an up and to the right straight line, is it? It's full of challenges and it's full of obstacles and it's full of friction. And what I'm gathering from you and, and the inspiration I'm gathering from you is uh, to continue on the journey, to keep making the steps, and also to be open about where I am at any point. And that's something that I heard a lot from you is acknowledging what's happening, what's going on, acknowledging the re reality of the situation is something that's incredibly powerful to help us improve and to help us to become the best versions of ourselves. So thank you for, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it, it means a lot, uh, especially coming from you. And um, I mean, I think the two things that, that I'll reflect are, um, you know, around this really big word uh, resilience, right? The one that you used a few times here that um, I think a lot about resilience and um, you know, the shit is going to hit the fan. And that's okay, right? That is part of the journey. Uh, it is not necessarily about, you know, as as Muhammad Ali said, uh, it's not about being knocked down. It's that you get back up, right? And and how and when and how often. And so, I think the resilience factor is is everything, um, regardless of your struggle. Uh, being, you know, understanding that you know this too shall pass, right? And um, that's been that's been big for me. And then, you know, this this conscious entrepreneur community has been quite impactful for me as well, both 
for sharing um, and understanding that we're in this together. Um, and, and, you know, maybe back to Keith Ferrazzi's a little bit of the co-elevation, right? Together we'll rise. Awesome. Fantastic way. Dave Mayer, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. See you soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Conscious Entrepreneur. If you're ready to go deeper into working on yourself, check out the upcoming events, articles, and resources on our website, which is ConsciousEntrepreneur.us. I'd also really like to thank the team at Hivecast for producing this episode. If you run a podcast and are looking for an awesome, full-service production company, make sure to check out Hivecast. Hivecast.